Welcome to Business Book Talk, the best place to discover great business books. Bob Garlick has talked to over 400 authors, and his questions and comments always get you the best information about the book, the author, and the ideas behind each book. So let's see who Bob's talking to this week. Hey everybody, it's Bob again. I've got The Read Method, a blueprint for achieving sales mastery, and I've got Everald Reed with me today. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. Happy to be here, uh, Bob. I'm going through your book. It's a very specific sales book, but you know, for, for the car industry. But do you think um, a lot of the tips and tricks and, and techniques in this book can be used for any type of sales? Absolutely. It, it is, you know, uh, I took the examples from a lot of my automobile sales here, uh, retail, but also from about eight years of advertising and marketing sales where I traveled the continent, uh, went to hundreds of cities, 41 states, eight provinces across Canada, and learned a lot about sales. Um, and the key f uh, from the book is the book answers a lot of the how and why questions of sales. Okay, so it's not specifically auto-related. I use examples from my auto automotive years, and I use examples from my traveling and um, dealing with major companies like Air Canada, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, uh, and, and my advertising and marketing sales. But uh, it draws on a lot of those examples and how they apply to real sales success. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you're, you, there are different types of sales techniques for different products. I mean, there's a lot of books out there about that. And do you think that with, with depending on the type of thing that you're selling, you kind of have to switch it up if it's a, if it's a, a, a low-ticket item, it's a different uh, style of selling. And if it's a high-ticket item or a medium-ticket item, it's, a, it, again, slightly different styles and techniques. Or can you kind of mix and match them all? Well, it, it, it usually is what works for the client that it really comes down to. And yes, you have to know your product or your service and know what you're selling and how best to position that sales process. So it's not one, you know, one shoe fit, fits all. Um, you know, sales is uh, a custom um, field where you're basically listening to clients' needs and wants and desires and you're customizing your response or your sales technique accordingly. Well, you know that you used a very important word, listen. Do you feel that that's probably one of the weakest uh, muscles in most people's body is, is the ability to, to listen and, and not listen a little bit, a listen all the time with intense concentration? It, it's a big deal, Bob, because I've written many blogs now about this, uh, about how I've been able to garner um, success month after month, year after year in sales. And it comes down to, you know, you being attentive and listening to key clues to, you know, because clients sometimes are a little shy to say exactly what they want. Sometimes they're embarrassed because circumstances affect uh, their buying decisions. But the key is to listen for those clues to properly engage a client so that they're comfortable with you in order for them to open up to you. And once they open up to you and you get those clues, um, then you're able to package for them a nice solution. So in order to, in order to you know to get them what they want, mm. you know it's interesting. Keywords opening up, finding clues. For me, I think 
that's probably one of the most important things that any business person, well, basically anybody in life, should be able to do. The ability to uh, basically be compassionate, uh, empathize with the person that they're talking to, listen intently, and then not think about their agenda. Think 100% about what they need and try and come up with a solution that fits that need. If you do that, that's what's going to make people open up. They're going to say, wow, this guy, he's <laughs> he's pretty smart. Maybe he can yeah. help me. Uh, well, yeah, and that comes down to authenticity, which which I, I one of my last blogs was I had a pretty pretty big October, and after I had an October where I, I sold about thirty vehicles and delivered twenty seven, I had to even take a second look myself as to why I was able to accomplish such a goal, and it came a lot down to listening. It came a lot down to authenticity, and I wrote the blog to sum up that month and it was sell value, sell convenience and sell authenticity. So I wasn't necessarily selling, I mean, I'm delivering a product and I'm delivering a service, but the key to, to them, you know, more people wanting to buy your product or service is to come to, to, to show your authentic self. And that's where the listening comes in is that you show that you actually care about, you know, developing a solution that works for them for their specific needs or situation and that's where you win more clients mm. i mean it goes back to chapter two where you say like advise don't sell which is yes. i mean it sounds so simple but how many salespeople just sell yes selling today is becoming less and less effective and i, I literally just got out of another meeting with the owner of my company and uh, executives from from Lexus and Toyota Financial because they they called me up and they said Everold well you know you guys are doing great you know how do we get the rest of the salespeople to do this and how, how how does it work for you how do we get everybody to do what you're doing and I'm like here's what's happening guys that you need to understand in the last couple of years clients are looking for advisors they're looking for their guy or gal they're looking for that person who finds them solutions people are too busy to you know to be shopping here there and everywhere and not get good service and people expect good service today because you have good products you know all all retail dealerships and big retail stores have you know amazing ultra modern facilities they have everybody has great competitive products these days and what's the differentiator the differentiator is the person and how you come across mm. custom sales absolutely yep yeah custom sales everybody's not the same so you so, you know you can't paint everybody with the same brush and you really have to an analyze every client when you get them when you meet with them and try to customize uh you know a solution to their needs well okay so let's let's look at that in a little bit more detail how do you analyze a person well first of all it depends if they're over the phone or in person. There are two different ways to, you know, to build rapport, or whether it's by email. Um, you you try to establish common ground when you first meet someone, because in order for you to get into deep questions or analysis, you need to first establish common ground, and that could start by you know talking about the the game last night, you know, um, things in common. Um, you know, m making that person feel at home uh, and that you're really uh, interested uh, in, in looking after their needs. So establishing common ground first, 
and then asking, you know, how can we, how, what kind of solutions can we provide you today? How, how can we help you today? What is it that, I, you know, I can advise you on? And let them open up. I think one of the key is to let, you know, people open up rather than you trying to sell right off the bat and making notes. You know, taking notes today is, is very important. And in, in one of my blogs, I, I, I say, you know, after you take the notes and you're going to get down to the, you know, to the nitty gritty of making a deal, it's important to recap, recap to make sure that you've not missed anything. But, but the key reason to recap and to take notes is to show the client that you've been paying attention all along. That's the key. They want to see that you're vested in what or interested in what their, their needs are. Well, it's showing them respect. Respect is key. Yep. Um, you know, I'm uh, a big believer in, in, in taking notes and, and documented stuff, but I'm also a huge believer in uh, going back to people and saying, hey, you know, do you mean this or do you mean that? And I, I you know, I'm not 100% sure what you mean by saying that because sometimes when a, a person says something, what you interpret what they're saying could be way off base. So I like to um, go back and, and have an opportunity or, or stop a conversation and say, okay, what do you mean by that? Yeah, and that's where the recap is important because you're right. Your interpretation may not be exactly what they're saying. And initially, when they start talking to you, okay, they may not come out and say exactly what they're thinking, right? So it's important to revisit it a little bit later on the process because sometimes that they open up a bit more. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, think about it, you know, uh, in, in the, the, the sense like you're in a dealership or you're talking to a dealership. The person on the other side of the phone is always, already has this terrible brand um, attitude towards a car salesperson because they've got probably some of the worst brand equity going around. And, and I know some beautiful uh, car people that are going and, and fixing that, but we, they've just been pummeled in the press and they've been pummeled in TV and, and, and stereotyped for so many years. It's kind of like, ugh, it's really hard. That's a huge hurdle. I mean, you know, being a in that industry and, and shining like you do, you have to be really, really good at, getting people to understand that you're authentically there to help them. So what's one of the techniques that you can show authenticity as quickly as possible? Well, I think if you're going to represent a, a product or service, first to, to show authenticity, you have to show that you believe in what you're selling or offering. Okay. Because clients will pick up on that right away. And, uh, you know, I, I allude to that in, in, in chapter one in my book, you know, uh, you have to jump in with both feet and you're greeting your clients and meeting your clients. The authenticity comes out right then and there. And if, if you don't appear, you know, authentic and real and interested, they're going to find out real quick and, and you may not see that person again or the, that meeting or conversation will be real short. It goes, you know, gosh, it just goes back again and again and again to how uh, how well you listen and and how you concentrate. Because if you're not really concentrated, if you're not there 100%, you're not going to be able to pick up on the subtleties that happen in a language, in body posture, in tone of voice, so that you're yes. able to, like, pick up on stuff like that in action. Yeah, and, and those are keys. And and the, the last blog I just wrote is on, actually the last podcast I just recorded was on the psychology behind the sale. And I wanted to get into that because, you know, 
I, I try to explain to a lot of my colleagues, forget about what you see at face value and, you know, listen, hear what they're saying to you, but listen to what it really means. And usually sometimes there's a, there's a difference. Um, so it's important to dive down into and, and analyze and understand psychologically what is actually happening. How can you listen to the key clues uh, to be able to deliver uh, a great end result and a happy, satisfied purchase and service experience? Mm. Now, I want to dig down in the book. I mean, I love the way it's written in the sense that, that at lots of small parts, um, you know, you have a chapter and then you got lots and lots of small parts, lots of headlines, so you can really get to the meat of what, what you're interested in. But do you think it's a book that somebody should read cover to cover or, or should they just jump into the section that they think they need help in? Or what, what should you do? What's the strategy of consuming this book? Well, the, I wrote the book as a blueprint, as it says, for achieving sales mastery. And the reason why that subtitle was important, because from the very basics of, let's say you decide to get into sales, okay, and you have no clue. A lot of people say, yeah, I'm a good salesman. I can talk. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. Well, are you really? So, and if you if you decide that this is where you want to, you know, the path you want to take, I've outlined the basic fundamental principles that will explain everything to you step by step in 10 chapters that if you understand and use some of those, you know, skills and tactics and strategies, you will actually learn sales from the psychological perspective, not just a tangible perspective of products or service and money. Okay, I try to answer how things work and why things work and why it's necessary to do things a different way. And that's why it was written almost like a, a car manual or, a, or any type of manual where if you want to find out about, you know, advertising, there's a chapter and there's the table of contents that you can, you know, you can source out the types of advertising or the types of marketing. If you want to talk about setting goals, and you're really unfamiliar. So even if after you've read the book, book once, you can always easily reference back to these sections that are clearly uh, identified on how to set goals, how to make a phone call, how to write an email effectively to actually get a response. And those are the, that's how I, I try to make it easy so that you didn't have to go seep through a whole chapter to find anything. Whatever topic in sales that you're interested in, you can literally find it in a second brought up a point there that you know how you communicate by phone by email uh, through advertising um, you know the 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 world's evolved so incredibly fast the last uh, six or eight years through social media and, and things like that uh, people seem to always have their phone uh, off so all you get is a phone message um, for you what uh, what patterns are you seeing as far as communicating to potential clients you know, this is this is evolving by the minute, you know, and in in one of the last episodes uh, I, I recorded on my podcast uh, here in a couple of weeks, I, I brought in a marketing specialist who um, who's working with a with a company uh, on all these trends uh, in marketing. And one of the key things that that came out of it was video, video talk and video communication, where 
you know, everyone today, as you know, has multiple devices. They have access to everything. And even while, while they're shopping, even while they're in your showroom or in your office today, they're on their devices getting information from competitors about the same thing they're buying from you or they're shopping. So it's important, I think, to, you know, to recognize how informed our clients are and to be able to identify what communication works best for that client. Because, you know, some people like to text. I did a couple of deals recently, Bob, and it shocked me where, you know, one client was very busy. She was working in a restaurant, for example. And she says, you know, Everald, I don't have time to take the phone. You know, I, you know, emails take too long. And she sent me one text message. And I said, okay, um, let me try this. So I didn't even tell her what I was going to try and do. And I started to text her all the information and how I could help her. And we did the entire deal via text messaging, credit card, driver's license, insurance, everything via text. So the ability for a salesperson today to identify what works with a particular client is key. Not everybody loves to email. Not everybody likes to write long emails or, to, or, or are able to express themselves properly through email or phone. So if text messages work for one person, email may work for the next. If uh, sending videos of your product or service, sending links uh, works, that's the road you go down. So you have to be able to adapt today. Every client is looking for that person that's able to work within their style. And that's important. Oh, that's critically important. I mean, that's one of the first things I have to determine with all my clients is how do you like to communicate? It is uh, are you a Twitter person? Are you a Facebook person? Are you an email person? Are you a phone person? And it's really surprising. Most people say, ah, anything's fine. But within two or three communique, you start realizing, okay, this person only really responds quickly to uh, text messages and everything else is just a waste of time. Yeah, so that's very important. And the other thing that I learned uh, over the last couple of years, which I've had great success with, Bob, is when I'd send out email communications uh, to clients or follow-ups or proposals to clients, I don't worry if I don't hear back from them that same day because you find that you know people are traveling, they're busy, they're business people, they're their hands are full during the day. And you, you'd you be surprised the amount of deals I actually close at night, late at night, and on Sundays. Right? And I say to my guys, my colleagues, this means they're responding when they have time. And the fact that they're home on a Sunday or at 11 o'clock at night responding to my emails means it's important to them. So what am I going to do? I'm going to respond right then and there and engage them right then on their time because that's the time they have. And you know what that's going to say to those clients? This guy is serious, right? And that's that's how I engage a lot of people because nobody else, no other salesperson would be communicating at midnight, would be talking to them on a Sunday as much. And that's what I do. I'm not going to wait until Monday if somebody emails me on a Saturday or Sunday because by that time, they're back, they're busy, and you've lost them. Oh, absolutely. And, it, you know, it goes all the way back to what am, what am I doing for them? You know, it, it's all about how can I help them. 
and and there's so many times when I'm talking to clients and they're saying, you know, how how can we, you know, tell people that we're so great and stuff? Well, then stop telling them you're so great and listen to their needs. They don't care. I mean, that's the big truth that with marketing, I tell people, look at nobody cares about your business really. This is a big truth you've got to get over. It's like they don't care about your product. You have to make them care, and the only reason they're going to make you, the only reason they're going to care is if they care about you. You. Yeah. So you are the product, and so if you aren't on top of it, then somebody else is going to be on top of it, and you're going to lose that deal, or you're going to lose that customer. And a customer isn't a fifty dollar sale, or a thousand dollar sale, or a thirty thousand dollar sale. A customer is however long that person comes back to you for the rest of their life. So that one customer, they may buy something for ten dollars the first time, but in their lifetime, they might spend two hundred thousand dollars with you. So you have to treat everybody like a two hundred thousand dollar potential client, and refer you a lot of clients. I mean, I get so many referrals from. The fact that I, I offer this the type of solution selling that I do, where, you know, from one busy individual to the next, they say, hey, you know, go see this guy, Everald, or give Everald a call because, you know, he'll do everything for you. And that's what they want to hear. Somebody will just make it, wrap up the solutions and say, here, here's what you need in point form. Here's how it affects you. And here's the bottom line. When would you like to take delivery? And you ask those direct questions and you'd be surprised you actually get direct answers back, which is what you want. Well, we're in a busy world and, and sometimes there's an artificial busyness, but that's irrelevant. It's if people think they're busy, then they're busy. And uh, I think the, the, the most important thing that any salesperson can be is relevant, like you said just now. It's concentrating, listening to them, and then coming back with relevant content specific to their needs. So if they're coming in and they're complaining about a mud guard or they're complaining about the weather or they're complaining about, you know, oh, I'm sorry I'm late, but my dentist was is really awful, blah, blah. Then you tell them about a great dentist. You don't tell them, about, oh, well, let's talk about your car. It's like, hey, you know, if you're having trouble with your dentist, I'm just switched this new dentist. He's just, done, he's amazing. He's looking for more. And they go, really? So yeah, look, at here's his card, his number, and tell him that I sent you and he'll treat you like a 10-year-old customer. Yeah, that's all about caring and sharing and authenticity again. It comes all comes back to that all the time. Do you actually care about me? Do you actually have any of my interests, my best interest in mind? And am I actually, are you going to be there for me after I, I purchase this product or service from you? You know, am I going to be able to contact you? And that's where, you know, I've had you know, some great successes. Uh, I get a lot of referrals because, you know, people establish the relationships with me that they think, you know, are valuable. It saves them time. It's authentic. They get things done efficiently. And sales today is, you know, you, you can wrap it up in three or four key things. Deliver more value than anybody else. Make the process convenient. Make sure you're authentic. Be authentic and real. Okay. And put it all in a package of one big one big solution. Hmm. Turnkey, turnkey sales. Turnkey. Hey, I wanted to ask you, you know, because it's a little bit tougher. When do you decide not to spend any time any time with a particular customer because they're kind of a looky loo or they just don't know really what they want and they're wasting your time? Well, that that usually f for me today because I'm a little bit more experienced, I can, I typically figure that out sooner rather than later, but I always leave the door open that I'm available and here is how, you know, you can reach me or 
I'll follow up with you just to see, you know, how further I can assist you or something may change. But I, I always leave the door open. I think it's important not just to close um, the door on a prospect because here's one thing I've also learned is many clients that I have not sold a product to, my product to, have referred me other clients, okay, because they appreciated the experience with me, right? So my product may not be for everybody. My service may not be for everybody, but the type of service that I offer and the fact that you show that authenticity and care, um, there is value. And here's, here's, you know, the trend here, Bob, is to, you know, everybody uses this value word, okay? But people just don't understand it sometimes. Value is in me. Value is in you, the person, more than it is in the product or service. Because as you know, people buy products and service because of who you are. They, it's not even their first choice of the product. But they'll buy from the person because they like, they find more value in dealing with that person, right? Rather than shopping all over the place. So if salespeople today understand the value proposition better, they'll actually win more sales, um, you know, and, and have much better careers. I wanted to ask you, because this is probably one of the toughest things, is when do you get to the close? A lot of great salespeople that I know um, never get around to asking that all-important question and then shutting up. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, sometimes that comes real quick and sometimes it's you have to go through the process. But more and more today, it's quicker than you think because of the access to information where more people have most of the information they already need and frankly are coming into a business or a showroom to find the right person to close them. Right. So you, you almost have to be prepared that, okay, everybody that walks into the showroom now is looking for somebody to close me because I've already been informed. You know, I've been online. I've done my due diligence. You know, if you look on um, Google Auto, it talks about uh, all the stats and all the analytics that they've done. Um, nine out of 10 people go online and shop already. They know exactly what they want. They've gone on the manufacturer's site. They've gone on your website and they've also done reviews already. So you're kind of the last step in this process. So they're coming in ready and willing as long as they run into the right person who's willing to take care of them. So this, so to close the deal, it can happen right off the get-go if you ask the right questions, because clients are going to tell you today how much they're, you know, how much research they've already done. And if they've done research and they're telling you that, then you don't need to go and reinvent the wheel and do the whole process over again. You need to get to the crux of the issue and say, okay, I see that you've done your research. What have you found out? And what are your, what options are you, you know, are, are best for you? What have you decided that will work for you? And then offer to make a solution to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, you walk up to the person and, and uh, they're not going to be uninformed. I mean, everybody's informed these days, so you just have to assume it. And so many um, salespeople are going up and starting to educate people and pissing them off. It's like, oh, you're wasting my time, dude. Yes. And by the time you get to where you think you're going to sit down with the client in your office, it's time for them to go. You've already burned 45 minutes in an hour and you've ran out of time. And now you, you're going to lose control because now you're going to have to communicate via email or phone or, or text. And the opportunity that you had to convert them is missed. Well, do you think it's almost um, 
advisable to go up to people and, and just, you know, obviously assume that they know uh, about the product and stuff and say, hey, you know, um, we've had lots of people come in that have done amazing amounts of research. I have learned so much from them. What's one thing that uh, about the, the this product that you're fascinated with and actually try and start having a conversation about how much research they know? Yeah, I think it's important to ask the question, you know, what have they decided on? What have they compared your product with? And it, usually it's one of the questions we ask, you know, what, what, what are you comparing our product to? Or what have you had before? Uh, what are the improvements or what are the changes you'd like to have this time in your new product or service? So when we look at a car, for example, they're coming up with, you know, a car that's three, four years old, they will literally tell you, you know, the important things uh, they want now in the new model um, or why they chose to come into your showroom, whether it's their friend, their neighbor that has one, whether they've read it, whether they've seen it at an auto show, all of that stuff. So it is important to find out so that you can save time, save yourself time and save them time. And value is also in the time because you can sell a car in 10 minutes or you can take 10 hours or 10 days. So it really depends on how you, you know, I've, I've literally done, you know, deals in, in 10, 15 and 20 minutes because I know what the clients want and they appreciate the fact that I can de get it done quickly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's nothing worse than, than wanting something and then roadblocks put in your way. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think people still want to have test drives, you know, play with the equipment? I mean, a car is a classical, let's go for a test drive, but, you know, like a computer you want to play with a little bit. Um, other products you want to actually physically have it in front of you to, to manipulate with your hands to, to have that, that ability to say, yeah, okay, this feels right, this works for me. Yeah, um, most people do still. Um, you know, and, and I reference again uh, Google Auto who did recent as recently as October 2016, um, they, they do touch on the point that even though clients will do all this research prior to coming in, um, you know, a good percentage of them still will want to uh, do a test drive. But if, for example, if the client is used to your facility or have done business with your facility before, and this is a trend right now where in higher end brands, um, you know, clients will come in, they've had one or two leases or they've been in your dealership many times and there's a trust factor there already. There's brand loyalty. They're, they know what they're going to get, except it's going to be better. And I would say more than half the clients I sell to and I sell the most cars at my dealership, they don't test drive the cars at all. Like at all. And it's not something that I like to do particularly because, you know, frankly, at this stage of my career, you know, I, I'm not the guy to be going out on every test drive because so I try to manage my clients and manage their expectations. And if you know what the client is coming from and where they're going in terms of a new car or a new product, it's easy to steer them. And especially if they've done all this research. To be honest with you, they know how the car drives even from the research because they've done all these, they've read all the reviews. No, or watch videos or listen to people talk about how amazing it is in the car. I mean, they have so much information available to them. Yeah. Uh, I think it always go, it goes back to trust. I mean, if they trust the person they're dealing with. I think also 
people are looking for somebody that they can go back to if they're not satisfied and and, and they don't want to get a hassle if they take the car out and they're just like, wow, this is not working for me. It doesn't feel right. Uh, and then coming back and not having to worry about fighting for their rights as a consumer and say, look at, you know, this car is just not working for me. Can we do something? I, I get that a lot, Bob. I, I, honestly, you know, families grow, people move. You know, I had one guy, uh, a lawyer, a multi-time client of mine who's picked up three cars already in the last 12 months. He, he, he said, my wife thinks I drive, I drive an old man's car. That was, <laughs> and that was it for him. He goes, how can I get out of this car? And this was just a matter of months, you know. So, um, so you find solutions. I basically try to find solutions. And here's the thing that clients also appreciate, Bob. If the solution that is, is not available this month or today, it's okay to say to that client, it may not work today. But give it a couple of months, you know, incentives will change, programs will change, there will be a sale, something. And clients will appreciate that. They'll say, yeah, this guy just doesn't want to stiff me right now. Okay, he will, he's advising me as to when it's best. And you've won their trust there even more. So I advise clients on what the time, what, when the best timing is to do things like that if it doesn't work right now. Um, what do you do if, uh, you know, you've got a client you've had quite a long time and um, you just can't, you can't help them with the products that you're supplying now? Is it okay to uh, push them in a direction uh, to a, a, an associate that you know that's going to do a great job for them uh, for a completely different brand? Absolutely. And, and they will appreciate that. I mean, after 26 years in, in automotive retail, I have clients from 26 years ago who will still call me today, even if they're buying a lawnmower, to say, you know, you know, they trust that I can steer them to the right people, and they know it's okay to call me, even though they're not buying my my product, because they'll say, oh, do you know? As a matter of fact, last night I had a gentleman who who I spoke with um and he goes yeah I'm looking for this particular you know product um should I call this guy that you gave me still and I said yes you know let me call him for you and set it up so that's what they appreciate you're not just in it for the people who you can sell to you you know directly you're in it for everybody else because that referral will come back the other way okay and and will and will reciprocate so it's about relationships, whether you sell them the first time or not. Why would you want to, you know, you know, lose a particular client who will contact you, you know, to ask your advice? Those are the best ones. They're advocates of yours. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you know, a lot of people, you know, I'm talking to, to people that are trying to build their business and stuff, and they they go, oh, I'm going to a networking meeting, and I'm trying to sell to these people, and then nobody's buying. I say, dude, you, you're not supposed to be selling your product to these people. You're supposed to be getting to know them because each one of those people has probably 500 people in their network. So if you've got 10 people, that's a lot of people that are potential clients of yours. You want to sit down with these people, buy them a coffee, get to know them, get to know their business, help them so they get to know you. And then when they get a call from their 500 connections, they'll start recommending you. Say, oh, you got to talk to this guy, Bob. He's amazing. He's been giving all this amazing advice. Ah, oh, he's perfect for you. That, that, that's, that's what a referral sounds like. Yeah, and, and that's what a referral today is becoming 
you know, more off. It, it's, it's all about relationship. It's all about who you know and who people trust to give the right advice. Because, you know, people are also scared to refer friends or, or, you know, or associates to people who they, they don't feel comfortable with. So if you stand out in that crowd, you know, while you're networking, as the knowledgeable, reliable, interested source, you will win a lot of clients. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, using the word win is absolutely the right word. It is a competition. I mean, if, if you don't get that client on board on your side and get them trusting you, they're going to find somebody else, and that's it. They're yeah, gone forever. They're gone. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? And sometimes, you know, clients will pay more. And actually, oftentimes, they pay more for this convenience uh, that they get and the value they get in dealing with someone, someone that's knowledgeable, that's prepared, um, and that can look after them efficiently. You know, you, you, uh, you, you use the keyword there, prepared. I think so many people are a little bit lackadaisical about their product and service and they're not, you know, they, they, they haven't gone and played with the product. They haven't rolled up the sleeves and opened up the hood or, 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 or actually utilized it in, in a real life situation. I mean, um, let's say you're, um, a gardener. Uh, at a gardener supply place, but you don't garden. Well, how can you refer any of the stuff in that store? Because it makes no, it, there's no relevance for you there. There's, That's right. You know? It makes no sense. You, you you have to be able to talk the language, right? That's associated with your product or service. Because again, you will you will sound, you know, you won't be authentic if 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 you're doing it the other way. Yeah, or you'll be always call, calling, hey, Frank, come over here and answer this question. You'll be referring people to Frank, and yeah. Frank will be making all the sales. Yeah, so you might as well let Frank do it, because Frank's <laughs> going to win the client. <laughs> <laughs> Frank would just feel sorry for you, that's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, for people that are a little bit timid about sales, I mean, uh, I've, I've, with people that are terrified of sales, um, I've always said, well, you're not selling, you're educating. Do you think that, you know, people look at sales and at the wrong way around like like selling why do we even use the word selling anymore yeah you know i i think that's i think that's transitioning slowly um into a much more professional role than people give it credit for um you know you, you, you get people who come in and say, you know, well, I'm, I'm in investment banking or I'm in, I'm in insurance, you know, or I'm a CEO. And my, my question is, well, you're selling a product or service regardless of your, you know, you, you, you're a lawyer. Okay, well, what, what kind of law do you practice? You're offering a service and, and a product. So automobile sales or sales in general, um, is as um, higher profession as the person who's in the position makes it. And I, um, you know, at our dealership, we have the highest standards. You know, we've won uh, for three years now in a row the Consumer's Choice Award for many reasons. So here's the key. If you want to get into sales and you want to, you know, excel, from the get-go, you have to raise your standards because it's easy to beat a lot of salespeople who have low and mediocre standards. It's not hard, okay? And that all starts with personal development. So don't even start saying, okay, I'm gonna get into sales, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna set all these big, wonderful goals 
when you have no clue and you have, you know, personal development has to be a part of your daily routine because your clients are professionals. They're, they're developing their skills and you're going to be representing a professional brand name product or service. Um, the best thing that you can do is not wait to be trained or to be taught or to learn on the fly, but is to learn, make personal development and learning a part of your everyday discipline. Yeah, that's so true because you look at a master carpenter and, you know, you ask them, like, how long have you been doing this? They'll say 20, 30, 40 years, whatever the number is. And you marvel at that. And if you ask him to do something simple, can you make me a square box? He'll say, absolutely. And they'll make you a perfect square box. Now, how many square boxes have they made in their career? You know, thousands, yeah. tens of thousands to them. It doesn't matter. The first box that they made, they tried to make it a perfect box and it wasn't. And then the 50th, it was a little bit better. And the hundredth, by the time you get to like a thousandth, you're pretty damn close to perfect in your perception. In his perception, it's never perfect. Yeah. And sales is an evolving position. Okay. We're, we're always like at our dealership, we, we do tests every month, every single month. We have quizzes and we have tests and we have training programs. And they've asked me to start a new training program effective uh, February for the staff, you know, because I've done some things and I've accomplished some results that they've not seen. So they're like, okay, I need, you know, we need you to show us how to interpret. So one of the one of the good things to uh, that's trending today, Bob, in in sales, and this is what I'm trying to teach people is, you have to be able to understand clients' um, expectations and before they even ahead of what they're thinking. Um, so when I approach a client, for example, let's say we have our existing clients in our portfolio. I don't call a client up and say, um, you know, hi, Bob, how are you? You know, what do you think about upgrading your car this month? We have some new programs. I basically call and say, hey, I've got an opportunity for you. What's the mileage on your car? And when can you come in? I'm more direct. So I'll have a solution already waiting, okay, already for them. And they appreciate the fact that I'm prepared. And because here's, here's the key. If you're the, if you're the professional, let's say you're representing Mercedes or Lexus or BMW. Okay. And these are high end products. You should know your stuff, right? Not just the product, but you should know the ins and outs and the intricacies of the financing and the deals and where the opportunities lie. So when I call a client, they actually know they're prepared to listen to me because they know that I'm their trusted professional, right? And I'm calling them for a reason. And I got their ear. I have their attention. So that's where salespeople have to learn to, to go is not just to be the guy that's taking fresh clients all the time, but to grow a reputation, to grow a client base that grows with your career, Okay, so that you actually work less but make more money as you as your career grows. And that's what you want. Yeah. I mean, like a ton of due diligence up front um, to build that trust and then uh, develop and, and nurture it so that that trust becomes stronger and stronger is an that's that's an amazing sales tip that nobody thinks of. They just think of like, can I do that sales now? And it's like, dude, get over it. I mean, <laughs> so what are you going to quit tomorrow? Yeah, 
Yeah. No, it's more long-term than that. And you can definitely make very good incomes if you approach sales as a, as a good career. Now, you know, in my book, I talk about picking a product or service that you love or you, that you appreciate because it's hard for you to grow, you know, in any significant way or measurable way if the product or service you represent, you don't really, you're not comfortable with, okay? Or you're always looking for the next best thing. So, you know, we're fortunate or I'm fortunate to represent uh, an amazing brand that I don't have to sell the value or the safety or the reliability of my product at all. I literally just have to sell the solutions and how to acquire my product and how it may work best for that particular, that client. Mm. Well, I think that that you know goes back to passion. You've got to be passionate about what you're doing, the, the, what your organization's doing, regardless if it's supplying cars or or it's a law firm or you're creating widgets. You have to be passionate about what you're doing because you, that's what's going to give the energy. That's what's going to get you up in the morning and give you. Um, the attitude where you want to continue to learn and, and become better and better because you truly believe in what you're involved in. Yeah, that's very important. And so it, it honestly, it's a great feeling that one thing, one less thing to worry about is the product that you sell. It's not a product that has problems, has bad reviews. You know, you're fighting this uphill battle all the time, you know, so it's good to have to represent products that you, you love, you appreciate, you represent well, you believe in, and that you actually use as well. Mm. Now, you know, when you were writing the book, what was your aha moment with something you've known for a long time, totally crystallized and you went, ah, I get it now. I think it was after chapter four when I was <laughs> I was I was writing and, and, and writing and I'm like, you know, I don't even know if I know what I'm doing, frankly, you know, because, you know, I'm a guy that I, I tell you, Bob, in my entire life, I, I, I think I've read three or four books. OK. And, and I remember one of them was The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn in high school. So I, I, I was never a big reader. And let alone here, I found myself sitting down writing a book. And I'm like, really? You know, so I'm, so I'm like, right. And I'm like, I wonder if I'm just making a fool of myself. And after chapter four, I said, you know what? Let me go back online and do some research just to see if what I'm saying makes any sense. And, and I, I was blown away. I was blown away that my content and what I had written from my 26 years of experience was, you know, on par, if not better, than what I was reading. And the thing, the, the aha moment for me, you know, you might find this a, a little outside of the box of what you're expecting as an answer was the amount of people in my circles, immediate circles, because not a lot of people knew I was writing a book. Even people at work did not know, okay, that I was writing a book. But a few inner circle people, clients and associates, said to me you have to do it don't stop we're behind you we're supporting you you have to do it you've got too much to offer you're good at what you do and that was the aha moment for me it wasn't about the content or it wasn't about what i've what, what i learned it was more what i learned about myself that other people valued what i had to do and what i had to say as much or if not more than i did well, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, if you meet somebody that uh, is special and, and that they're, they're living uh, 
a life where what they're doing is perfectly suited for, for you know, basically why they're on the earth, um, that's a very rare thing. And for them to be able to explain how others that want to get there uh, can get there is incredibly important. Yeah, and the amount of help, Bob, that I that was coming my way, like people were saying, let me help you with the title. You know, I know somebody that can do the cover. You know, let's do the review. Let me read it first. Uh, so where should people go if they want to find out more? Well, my website, uh, www.thereadmethod.com is up uh, and we've got blogs on there. We've got tips of the week. So you can sign up for weekly blogs, weekly tips. Um, we've got the podcast up as well. Um, reach out to me on LinkedIn at The Read Method. Uh, we're on Twitter now at The Read Method and Facebook. Um, and just last week uh, on Instagram. So thereadmethod.com will have all my links um, and uh Everything is there. We've got videos. We've got uh, the, the, the blogs. We've got the tips. We've got pictures. Uh, everything is there. We also have a YouTube channel that we're just starting right now as well because I'm doing some speeches and some lectures at some colleges, Georgian College uh, School uh, Automotive Business and Humber College campuses. Oh, nice. I've been doing some, some lectures there as well. Nice. Um, what is your preferred way of communicating? Are you a phone person? Or are you um, what? What? What do you feel most comfortable? I, I'm I'm good on the phone, but you know, initially, if somebody reaches out with an email, um, you know, or a text, that's fine. That's that's quick. Uh, you get somebody's number. You know, you get a quick introduction, and I'm always good to just press the number and and call that person and say, hey just so I can understand more and have a conversation and, ha and get a feel of that person. You know, how did you hear about me? You know, you know, how did you come to call me, et cetera. And you get a tone. I, I like talking to people to, to kind of feel them out because you don't really get to know, you know, you know what that person is thinking or feeling just via text or email. Absolutely. I think not enough people um, actually phone enough i mean it once you've got the, the the back and forth happening you can save a tremendous amount of their time and your time just by picking up the phone and just having a small three or four minute conversation yeah it takes so much damn time bob to sit there and go back and forth all day every time the phone and i'm like why why don't people just pick up the phone and that five minute conversation <laughs> can save 20 text messages oh gosh yeah no kidding <laughs> oh and you get so much more accomplished, you know, like, and then, you know, after that, you can follow up with back and forth, you know, follow up messages, but at least you've established common ground. You've established, you know, rapport. Absolutely. The Read Method, a blueprint for achieving sales mastery. And we've been chatting with Everald today. Highly recommended. Even if you're not in the sales industry, I think you'll pick up some amazing tips from this book. Uh, yeah, definitely one to check out. And it's one of those books that you're going to have on your desk and it's going to have a ton of little stickets coming out of it for all the amazing <laughs> stuff you'll reference all the time. <laughs> yeah, I've been putting some in mine already, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Bob. I greatly appreciate the talk with you. You know, hope your listeners find this uh, very, very enlightening. Thanks for listening. Please share this interview if you think your network of business friends would benefit from it. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite Android app. Also, don't forget to check out www.businessbooktalk.com for more business book interviews.